0: Hey. We are beginning at the bottom of Lamed Dalet Amad Beis. Speaking about the Merakim, it says So it says they returned from having spied out the land and they they uh, came came back and when they came to Moshe. So Rashi says that the word Vayelchu is really extra. Once you say Vayashuvu, so then why do you have to say Vayelchu Vayavu? So we're that extra Vayelchu. So I'm is Yechonamishum, Rab Shimon ben Yechai, meikish halicha leviya. It's showing the halicha. Halicha is when they left to go and spy, it's comparing it to their intent when they came back. Ma b'eitzah, Raj, this is when they came back, they already had come back with a focus of speaking a, a, an evil counsel against, against the land. The truth is, that their intent already was uh, in place when they left to begin the spying as well. So the Pazuk says that when they began talking to recounting what they had seen to Moshe and Bnei Yisrael, to We came to the land that you sent us, and u'dvash. Uh, it indeed it is flowing with milk and honey, right? Zepiria, and these are the beautiful fruits. The, of, of Eretz Yisroh, right? And then, right after that, they go into, start, so they start off saying something very positive, but then they go, however, that look how, how fearful fearsome the nation is, that the this is a land of giants, and, uh, and a land that consumes those who inhabit it, so they started off with something positive, but then they slipped into something negative. So I'm Rav Yechenon, simon Emes, Levada, Levaya, that's the mnemonic, let's go on, Mumishum, Rabmei, said in the name of Anytime a person wants to speak, some give over a negative report or say something negative. Here, lashon hara is not used in its classical terms, but it means if a person wants to say something that is, uh, is, is, is 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 really the getter of rechilus, libel, or something that's false. ain by If you don't start with something of truth to begin with, it won't be accepted in the end. Meaning that in order for them to have their negative speech accepted in the end they had to start over with something positive in the beginning so therefore that's why they started saying is it's a land of flowing milk and honey we're about 7 8 lines down from the top of olive and and so if I, and and then they went into the lush and Horah that they spoke about the land the book then says that when yeshua and kalev heard that the the uh, the the, 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 the the uh, council and and, and the report that was being given by the 10 Meraglim. So it says there that uh, the Padzic says, He tried to silence the people. Everyone was up in a big turmoil and he tried to silence them, let them them reason with them and let them hear something that, you know, things aren't as terrible as being made out to be. So as El Moshe concerning Moshe. So what happened? How did he silence them? So Amraba sisan He tricked them with words. What happens is he saw Yeshua. Yeshua. was the first to respond to the Miraglim, and he right away he started attacking the Miraglim. And as soon as he spoke out, so when he said over what he said over Amri they 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 they, they, they attacked him back and they said Amile Dane Rosh, Katia, Yamalo, the one with the chopped of head, he should speak. So Raji says, what it means is like this, Yeshua did not have any children. So he said, Yeshua has no skin in the game. We're expected to put our children in this situation, the future generations of our, of our in, in going into this, this land that's going to destroy them, yeah, it's easy for Yeshua to say, let's go in, because he has no children, he has no skin in the game. So therefore, they chopped off his head, meaning they basically took, uh, took the, pulled the rug from underneath him, and nobody listened to what he had to say. So this is what Kalev saw, what happened to Yeshua, when he spoke up against the Meraglim. So, Amar Imishta'ina, so, so, Yeshua, so, so, Kalev said to himself, if I speak up in the same way as Yeshua did, Amar Lee, they will say something negative against me and muzzle me as well. They will stop me from being able to, uh, get across my message. So, therefore, uh, Amar Lahen, so, so, therefore, I'm going to say, uh, something that they will accept what I'm saying. So what did he, uh, what What did he say that uh, that they should start listening to him and quieten down? So he says, what he said to them was this, Is this all that Moshe did? Moshe did other things to us as well. Now, from the perspective of the uh, of the Miraglim and the people, it sounded like he was siding with them, and he was going to blast Moshe, not only for putting us in this situation, so therefore everyone started to listen to what he had to say. Savri, they thought, big he's going to say something disparaging against Moshe. So they all silenced, they all kept quiet, and let him get words in. So this is what he continued saying. Mitzrayim. Moshe took us out of Egypt, the Sayyam, and he had the Yamsuf, to, uh, split for us, and he got us the man, fed us the man, the Im Yom uh, and if he will tell if Yomar, if Moshe will say to us, make ladders so that we can climb up to the heaven. Should we not listen to him? And the puzzle continues. And therefore we should go up to the land and we shall uh, dispossess it of its inhabitants. We shall conquer the land. So basically they thought he's about to say disparaging things about Moshe. They kept quiet and they let him get his words in uh, until they realized actually his siding with Moshe he's not going against him. Now, the Pazuk says, that the response of the other tribes was, yes, it's easy for him to say, let's go up to the land and let's conquer it, but lo'inuchal. we're not able, we will not be able to uh, conquer the land. Now, the murder doesn't even bring down the rest of the Pazuk based on the drosha that's going to say, so it's, it's a very disparaging remark that they made. So let's see what the whole Pazuk actually does say. What the Pazuk says as follows is that, the people answered that loy uh, nuchal, we are not going to be able. To uh to to conquer the land, ki chazak hu mimenu, because literally, it they said that it is more powerful than we are, that it is more fierce and powerful, and we are unable to do it. So I'm Barpa, but over Godel Dibrumiraglim, that there was something Godel here is in a, in, a, in a euphemistic way, something terrible, something very horrible, a terrible thing that was said by the Miraglim at that time. But Oysa Ki kichazek hu mimenu, so even though they they, the way they said it is that the land and the people of land is stronger than us, than us. But that's not really what they said. That's the way the Torah records it, because the Torah don't want to write something disparaging against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But they said, was not Ni menu, but they said, I'll They said that this ability for us to go in and dispossess the current inhabitants of the land, it's even greater than... to say that even HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not able to, 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 say, to say such a thing. Kaveh as if they were saying, the owner of the house, cannot remove his furniture, cannot remove his vessels from the house. means he put the inhabitants then... There, but they become so powerful that he himself is not able to take the inhabitants out of the land. That was the lashon hara. That was what they said against Hakadosh Baruch Just the way the Torah couches it, as if they were saying that it's too strong for us. But they never really said for us what they said—that it is too powerful even for. Rachmanotzlan. They don't want to say that. Even put it down that way from the misham. Okay. Eretz Achelus Yeshveihi. They continue to say that this is a land that consumes its inhabitants. Darash Rava. Rava expounded. Amen, Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We're about a third way down on the Lamechamadalot. So Darash Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He say like this. He says, Ani What I did, I thought what I was doing, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this would be for the benefit of the mirag. And We're going to see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a smoke screen for them to go in and scout out the land and figure what's the best way to approach when they come to wage war against the inhabitants. So he didn't want them to be noticed. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did is that either, according to one shot, that in every place they went to, the most important person of that area died. So everybody was involved in eulogies and burials and they wouldn't notice Ten, twelve guys wandering through the land. Or some going to say, even there's a Machlokz and Baba Basra, who Eov was, when Eov lived. And even if he's Jewish or not Jewish, according to this shot, Eov was not. Uh, Jewish, and he lived at this Tkufa, but he was considered to be very, very chashav. was the most important individual in that time, in amongst the And when he died, so there was a huge, huge uh, funeral with eulogies. And so I did this for the sake of the maraglim, so they could get in and get out, do the reconnaissance, reconnaissance, and not being seen. And they turned it. And listen, it's Elach eres Wherever we went, there were funerals, there were people dying. They used it actually against the. Instead of for his benefit. So, I did it for their benefit. They turned around and they considered it to be an evil thing. What does that I mean? The call heichad Motu, wherever they would go, one of the important people of the land would die. Ki and in order that they should be troubled and and for they should be uh, focusing on the burial and the death of that individual. they won't question what are these people coming. They thought okay, people are coming to for the for the, for the funeral. amri and some say actually Eov nach navshe that it was at that time Eov died. Kodesh caused it, and everybody was uh, focusing, was troubled with putting together the eulogies for him. So, therefore, uh, and they turned it against the Korishboruchu. They complained that this is a land that consumes its people. Wherever we go, we saw funerals. All right? Now, the next complaint they had. That it, they were so big and powerful; these uh, large human beings that we appeared. It it appeared to us like we were grasshoppers standing next to them, and they also saw us as grasshoppers. So the Gemara is going to say that uh, initially, that you see how they are perverting the reality of the situation. It's one thing to say that we appeared in our eyes; we were like grasshoppers to them. But what right do they have to say that, they, that, that, that in their eyes we appeared like grasshoppers? How do you know what was in there, what, in there, what they were thinking? So you see that they're using this, any, any means they have to say something that will be a, 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 something negative, and even though it, it doesn't necessarily have to be true. So you see that they, they distorted the truth. Right, because bishlom, I can understand Vani that can make sense that we appeared in our eyes like grasshoppers to them. but to say that and so too in their eyes they are, that we appeared as grasshoppers in their eyes How do you know what you, they how they thought about you? Mordecai but that's not really such a tiny, Why v'lohi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kiyava Mavari Avele, where they, they also had the same custom, was the custom amongst the Yidin too, that when somebody dies, the, the mourners get, get fed a meal. However, they used no. to feed them a meal. So, right. it's, uh, right. so now they, so that's why I bring food. To, uh, uh, they, uh, that used to be back in the day, in the city square, they used to feed them on the way back from the. the you weren't supposed to eat just, uh, the first meal, you weren't supposed to serve yourself. You're right, so that's correct. So now they'd say, so you see that the Goyim did the same thing. So where they do it, to see have a Mavari, under these big cedar trees, they, they would bring the family and feed them. Now when the Maraglim who were hiding out there saw all these people coming to these trees where they were hiding, salki they climbed up the trees and they hid in the trees. However, it was too late. The, uh, the the inhabitants had seen them. And Shami, and they heard the, the Ka'amri, that they, they were saying, We saw people that looked like grasshoppers climbing up the trees. Meaning that, and so therefore for them to say the statement, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, is not necessarily a sheker because it is the way they heard the inhabitants referencing or referring to them. Let's keep going on. So after they had given their uh, their their. Uh, evil counsel so then the people all started crying everyone cried and they raised their voices and cried now the Meraglim we learn the Meraglim came back on the 8th of Av and that night is when everybody cried and the 9th what's that? So it'd be the beginning of the ninth, the eve of Tishabov, which is there. So I'm a Amrab That was not Erev here doesn't mean like Erev, like the day before. It means the night, actually the night of Tishabov, right? The ninth. And this is the statement that that haunts us for, for, for all generations. I'm a Hey in they cried for no reason. It's like, you know, the fathers are crying for no reason. I'm gonna give you a reason to cry, and therefore Ani So this is gonna be a day that is going to be an ignominy. It's going to be set for all future generations a day that we will cry for a reason. Okay. Now, Bozzuch says like this, is that that when, that the, 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 the response of the people, that Moshe you got us into this mess, and therefore let's stone Moshe, let's stone Kalev, let's stone Yeshua, all these people that are, 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 are got us into this major mess, and are still trying to uh, continue on with this uh, ridiculous idea of going into Eretz Yisua. let's stone them. Now, right away, the next passage says that the, uh, the honor of Hashem appeared in in the O-El-Mohed. But what Chazal say, that the way to read it is, let's stone them, <speaking in Hebrew> meaning they said, let's stone them, and also stone <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem. What, that's what they were saying. <speaking in Hebrew> they took stones and they threw them up in the air as if they're attacking not only Moshe, Kalev, and Yeshua, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Now, the passage says, that the people uh, who spoke uh, negatively against the land died in a, in a plague. It's very interesting. It's actually brought down in Shulchan Aruch. I believe it's the 16th or the 17th of Elul was when they died, which is very interesting why they died about almost a, uh, over a month later. The the the, the but actually, and it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch that there used to be a minute to fast on that day was the day of the, of the death of the of the of the There's a long Bach over there. Why are we commemorating the death of Rashayim? But anyway, but that's it's almost a month later. Even though you would think it should happen right away. Yeah. I'm, I, I I'm just saying that's the 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 is the minute that the, the Mesorah was that that's when they died and the Mishok is to fast on the day that they died it's like in the middle of Elul anyways it is as follows Elos were supposed to fast anyway. <laughs> What's that? So are, are supposed to fast, they're I hear. So Amrab Shemen Ben-Lokish, Shemei Sumisa Mishunah, means they died a very uh, strange death. What How they died, Rosh and Chumash brings us down. Amrab Khinav Ar-Papa, D'Rosh and Shiloh, Ish Kvar, But M'Lamach Nishtar V'Lishonam, their tongues elongated, the tongues with which they used... Um, uh, for false the false speech elongated and it it fell into their belly buttons mean it pierced through their belly buttons and worms maggots crawled out of their tongues and went into their stomachs omitiburam and from their stomachs went worms went back into their tongues' I don't know exactly what the why that 's the midah. not for now from amar, they died of a terrible death was basaskar Mesu they died of the that's some type of constriction of the trachea, the, the person Rahman chokes to death. That was where they died. Let's go on. Cave, inshallah. So now we're going circling back. Remember how we got into this tangentially. We started talking about the crossing into the yardane. Now, when they crossed into the yardane, we said that first the Aron went, and then the kahanim <coughs> that day, one of three times the kahanim carried the aron, and they went in and stopped. The water split, everybody went through. Now, this is the way Chazal are understanding what happened, which is interesting how they know this for sure. But what happened was, so everyone's crossing through. Now, they're going from the east bank to the west bank of the Jordan, correct? Now, the Puzzle says, then the Kohanim stepped onto dry land, and the Yarden began flowing again. The way Chazal understood it, what does it mean the Kohanim stepped on dry land? They stepped back. So the Kohanim are now back on the east bank, the Yarden... Flowing. Flowing. So Shailisa, how did the Kahanim and the Aaron get across if they step back onto the dry land of the east bank and then the yards are flowing again so how did they get to the west bank they become separated from the rest of the Yisrael that's what the Mora's is going to discuss right now so says when the last of the Jewish people crossed over and the waters returned back to the place and when they alighted they came back up from the yard and they stood and they Put the soles of their feet on dry land. By may a come, and the water returned back to its place. By small shilshom, and the water began to flow like it had done in the previous days, the day before, and the day right. So, I'll call on all the, the the banks once again of the Yarden became inundated with water. Nimtzaron the mitzad comes out. The Aron and the Kohanim were carrying it on one side. VeYisroel mitzad and the Jewish people on the west bank on the other side. So what happened? So Moses says that it became, the Aron became a hover. what's it called, a hovercraft, is that it basically carried the people that are supposed to carry the Aron, it lifted them up, and it flo- floated over the water it, uh, and, and got to the other side, okay? So it, it, it took them over. So Nosa, Aaron Snosa, the Aaron carried the ones who were carrying it for over and they crossed over. Shanema the positive, when the people stopped crossing over, Aaron Hashem, So it seems that you see they went last. So then and then Aaron and the Kahanim went over, right, before the people, right? So therefore, and so it was a miracle happened. So when it says this miracle that the Aaron is able to pick up. Those who are supposed—it looks like they're carrying the Aaron, but actually the Aaron is carrying them. That was the sin of Uzzah. Who was Uzzah? We know that in the days of Eli. Mishkan Shilo, that his sons uh, Hufni and Pinchas did not follow the appropriate path of their father and when there was a war they went out to fight against the Plishtim without permission they took the Arn Hashem and what happened was that the Jews lost Hufni and Pinchas were killed Eli heard about it got a heart attack and died and uh, uh, what happened was the Aron was captured by the Plishtim the Plishtim were not able to keep it they got afflicted with all kinds of diseases and sicknesses and they loaded it onto a wagon and sent it off uh, uh, to, uh, to 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 I believe it was. And the people of Beis actually also we're going to see that they did not treat the Aaron in the appropriate manner and also got punished. And anyway, the Aaron ended up in a place called Kiryas Yorim, Kiryas Yorim, we know as today as tells Stone. Telstone is where Curiosity is. and therefore many years it remained there in uh, in the in the home I bu- I believe was over at Edom. Anyway, well, but it was there? And then David Melch sent for it to bring to Erdovid. to There's no basis English at the time, but he wanted to bring it to ir David. And what happened was that uh, among when it was it was loaded up onto the wagons, the wagons uh, the, 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 the the oxen stumbled. It went off the path, and it looked like it was shaking. And uh, Uza jumped forward to try straighten the Aaron, and uh, he was zapped from Shemayim, and he died. And now the message is: the reason he died because he, he had no faith in this concept that don't worry about the, carrying the Aaron because the Aaron can lift those that carry it. If it can lift those that carry it, the Aaron can also take care of itself all right so therefore as follows so what it says uh, Ad-Goran-Kidon, they came to the Goran, the, thre- the threshing uh, place, was the name of the place, of Goran-Kidon, Uza's Aaron, he sent forth his hand to hold on to the Aaron, Amal Kodesh Boruch, sent him a message, he says, Uzzah, of the Aaron we see in the times of, uh, of, 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 of the, the Kohanim crossing the Arden, it's able to carry those that carry it, can don't think the Aaron can straighten itself, af. Hashem be Uzzah, and Hashem got angry at Uzzah, and he struck him there, Al-Hashol. What does it mean, Al-Hashol? Is that they were struck down because of his mistake. What is the mistake? This very point that he should have had more trust that the Aaron can carry itself. That he had gone to the bathroom, he had defecated within the area and did not create enough of a distance between himself and the Aron. So that was the disparagement against the Aron and that was he died. shal, shal means like something that drops, means he went to the bathroom and uh, without the right appropriate distance. And he died there. It says with the Aaron Hashem. Which is interesting. What do you mean he died with the Aaron Hashem? So to says an unbelievable thing here. Um, Uza got uh, the fast track. And when you go to Disney. You can go on the fast track. You don't have to wait in line. So Uza got the fast track to Olam Habo. He was with the Aaron Kim What do you mean the Aaron Ma is It remains forever. It was never destroyed. Av Uza He came right away, straight to Olam Haba, without having to. Why? So because he created a tremendous kiddush Hashem. The Kiddush Hashem that anyone talks about. Remember what happened to Uza? Why? What happened to Uza? Happened because uh, we have to remember the the, the kedushas Aaron and, and 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 the power of the Aaron. So he was always associated with. So his death brought upon a great Kiddush Hashem, and therefore he got that fast track. It's an unbelievable thing. By LeDavid, and David got very angry. It seems to me that he got angry. I'll share Parat Hashem Peretz that Hashem had made this breach break out against Uza. So i doesn't mean that he. Got Angry. It means his face turned like a cookie that is over uh, roasted on on a fire that it it, it turned colors. He was he, he was upset. So he got very upset doesn't mean that he got angry. So Moura says, why are you saying it doesn't mean he got... We well, just had a positive before. It says, Vayichar Af Hashem. Hashem got angry at Uzo. It doesn't say that he got upset. So why does over here Vayichar mean he got upset, as not that he, that he got angry? So Elah, Semeata, Kol Echad of Sivayichar. Any other time you say, just that so we had a few words before, that it says Vayichar. Hachinam, it means that it means God got upset, not angry. So it says it's difference if it says vayichar, or it says Vayichar Af. Vayichar af is literally, it's like the flaring of nostrils. Af, or, uh, af is fury. That a person gets so fu- fu- uh, infuriated, his nostrils uh, flare. That's anger when you use the word af. But by David, it never said af. It just says So asum ksiv af, ach halloi af. Why was David uh, punished? David took it as a punishment. You send a person to go do something and then that person uh, dies. So David took it as a personal Punishment against him. So why? Why was David punished? So he says, David made a big mistake. What was David's mistake? It says as follows. It says, When the Nasim sent wagons for the, uh, for, to, to, for the commemoration of the, uh, the, 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 the Mishkan and the Mizbeach... So those wagons were given only to certain of the Levium. But the Levium that actually carried the Aron were not given the wagons. Why? Because the Aaron should not be carried on wagons. It should be carried on shoulders. And that was something that's a basic Pesach that even children know. And David HaMelech made a mistake and he did not remember that you're not supposed to put the Aron on a wagon. It should be carried on shoulders. And because of that, he was punished. So that's the... Uh, so, uh, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The more brings a different reason first. The more brings a different reason. It says like this, that the reason David is punished, this actually has tremendous halakhic implications of, as to today, and it's dealt with. What happens is that David Amelch was saying that when he was in, in, uh, in, 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 uh, in his greatest consternation and fear and agitation, he was being chased... What gave him hope? What gave him uh, soothed him and appeased him? He says it was Hashem's Torah. He says he's, uh, he says that the statutes of the Torah were to him like z'miros, like songs. And the one says he shouldn't have called psukim songs. You're not supposed to refer to psukim as songs. It's it's like disparagement. It's the Torah. You don't talk. It's not like a little a, a little ditty. And that becomes a whole Shiloh. Are we supposed to make songs out of? So, so, him. It's a big. It's not Pasha, but it says that was his punishment. What I said before is going to be later. That, that but his punishment was. It says why? Because he called the words of the Torah Zmiro songs. That my that your that your statutes were were songs. They, they they soothed me when I was When I was in my in my my, 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 in my house of consternation. When I was afraid and fearful, the songs are what gave me hope. So, that uh, concerning the words of Torah where it says, that if you uh, blink your eye from it and it'll be lost, you have to have such focus on it that uh, you just blink and it's not going to be here. You calling that you're calling them songs. I'm going to trip you up in a matter that even young children know. That to the people the, the children of Ka the family of Kahas of Levim, they did not get the wagons. Because their service was on the shoulder. They had to carry the Aaron on their shoulders. It could not be placed on a wagon. This, even children, no. The say uh, the Igalta uh, and David went and placed them on wagons. Okay, now what happened was that um, when the Aaron Hashem came back first from the Plishtim, it went to a place called Shemesh. And in Beit Shemesh, we're going to see that people that were there, many people died because of they did not deal appropriately with the Aaron coming back. Now what exactly did they not do, which is going to be discussion over here. What did they did not do? And it struck down the people of Yishemesh, the because they gazed, they saw the Oron, because they looked at the aron, they were struck down. So what happened over here? They were working in the fields, and they saw the Aaron coming, so they did, you know, sometimes you have the, the Rashiva walks in so in the middle of something, you give it like a little shuffle, you know, you give the shuffle and you continue doing. So they like gave a little bow and then they continued uh, harvesting. That's not how they should have dealt. The Aaron Hashem is back, it's been away for so long and now it comes back, it deserved more than just a little bit of a, a little shuffle, a little bow and continue working. So, vin hoyu. that's one opinion. They also said disparaging remarks concern the, the arm. Basically, what they said, uh, where have you been told now? Like, oh, now you decide to show up. Meaning, they made some kind of negative remark. What did they say? So, man, I'm I'm rayist. Who who got you angry that you re, that you that you rebe- that you that you, got, you got angry and left us? and now and who's appeased you that you've come back? You know they basically are saying is like you know oh now now you come back. So what happened that you left us and why, and what makes you want come want to come back? Which is considered disparaging. Anyway, Ba'am and the people were struck down. Shibim Now it seems to be contradiction. First it says how many died was seventy people. Then it says and there was fifty thousand ish. So how do you read? Was it 70? Was it 50,000? So Rabbi Avov, Rabbi Loz, we have Machlokas, how to understand the possum. Chad Shivim Ish, 70 people actually was the number that got struck down. But their value was, each one, there was some sin from the most Moschashuva of the Neh each one was worth 50,000 people. That's how to read the fifty thousand. The other one was the other way around. He says actually 50,000 were struck down, and each one was valued like the entire Sanhedrin. So that's even 50,000 with each one being valued, that's like the 70 people. Now what happened was when David. So what happened is Uzzah died, and then it, uh, uh, it was put into the house of, I believe, Ovid Edom. It was kept there because they were afraid to take it, to, to move more with it. And then after a while, David sent back for it. And now when they sent back, it was, it was dealt with in a, in, in a much more respectful way. Every few steps, they were offered offerings to get it back from where it was in uh, around the area of Dei to back to Ir David. So exactly how the offerings work is gonna be discussed over here. So one passage says like this, Every six steps that those who carried the Aaron Hashem carried, now they actually carried it, they slaughtered an ox, and Marie is a fatted animal. But we'll also have a poster because there's two places this is recorded. One is recorded in Shmuel, the other one in Yomim. So in Yomim, I believe, it says a difference, it says over there, Shiva, pardon, shiva elim, that they actually brought seven bulls and seven rams they were offering. So one place it says one ox and one fatted animal every six steps, and the other place it says they actually brought seven bulls and seven rams. So Amra Bavar Shmuel, the way to understand is, is, I'll call psio psio. Every single step they took was Shor Umeri. They brought one ox and one fatted animal. I'll call Sheish V'sheish And every six steps, they brought Shiva Parim, six, seven, seven bulls, and seven rams. Shiva Elim. So Amrabna Malaysia called Eritral bombers. It comes out that you're building a bomber. Now at those times you're allowed to make bombers because that before the basic mission was built, but you're gonna be building bombers. Every every step you have a bomber in Eretz straw. That's too many of these misbechos. That can't be what's going on. So El Amrab I'll call Shesh Every six steps was a shoromeri, was an ox and a fatted animal. And I'll call Shisha Sidorim, when they finish six cycles of six. Shoshesh, Shesh psios. then shiva that's when they brought the seven bulls and the seven rams. Still a lot of Mitzbeichos, but not as many as each step. Bozik says like this, in one place, it refers to the area that uh, Uza reached out as Goren <coughs> Kidon. Okay? Now, Kidon is a weapon. It's like the, 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 the threshing place of the weapon. But Ksev, in Divray Yomim, which one says Kedon? Maybe Kedon is in Divray Yomim. And in Shmuel, when it records the incident, it refers to it as Goren Nachoin. Nachoin means it was the threshing uh, house of. of, of, of. Nachoin is something that is established or built up. So Amrab Yechanan, Batchila, initially. The Aron was like a weapon. Kidon is a spear. It struck down, um, it, sp- it struck down, what's his name? Uh, uh, Uzo. But then, when it was dealt with appropriately, when I believe it was Ovid Edom, one of the, one of the, the people that took it in, says he was blessed, his household grew by 62 people. That means became, and, and it, became, it, was, it, it helped build up his home and built up his household. That's why the area then is called uh, uh, Nachon. Uh, it's called uh, Goron gar- Nachon. So, one, so it starts of being Goron uh, uh, Kidon but it, 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 then it functions like Goron gar- Nachon. It's talking about the, the function of the Aran. Let's go on. Now, so it comes out, the Mara points out, we talked about how many sets of stones were made when they crossed the Yarden Two 12. sets. Two sets, right? right. So it says, really, if you, if you, take, if you look at all the, the Hopsukim, it's going to actually be there were three sets of stone because the two were done by Yeshua, but Moshe in Arvus Moab also established a, a, a sets of stones. So it comes out, Nim says, Ata Omer, you have to say, there were three uh, categories of stones that were discussed in the Torah. In Arvos Moab, Moshe also did the same thing. Wrote on the stones, translated of seventy language. We'll see. right? In the Moab, on the cross. This is on the east side of the Jordan. In the land of Moab, Ho'il Moshe again be'er explaining or, or translating. We'll see. it means translating the Torah. So there, by Yeshua, it says there was Be'er Hetev was written in very clear language. I mean, the Be'er, the explanation of Moshe, Be'er, Be'er, Asya, Be'er, Be'er, it's the same thing. Moshe also translated into 70 languages. One set of the stones that Moshe, that Yeshua uh, established on the banks of the Jordan hakim in order first that the the was stepped on and then this was to remember the miracle of the garden eh? right and and then the one that they took with them to Har Grizim Har Eival finally ended up in its final place. And in Gilgal, where the Mishkan was for 14 years. They took with them. Right, right, bye. How was the Torah written on these stones? Very interesting machlokas here. Al Actually, it was written directly on the stone. Written on the stone itself and after it was written on the stone then the plaster was a film that was put over the writing that was engraved in the stones So says that would that makes no sense the whole purpose of it was that the uh, the uh, Um, the nations of the world, should be able to read the Torah in any language, so then you're covering it up. If you're covering it up, then what? Can't read it. So, according to your words, how could the the nations of of that time could study the Torah? So, placed in the Goyim of that time, extra understanding. Means his concept is if it's written on the stone, it'll be more protected, it'll be more for perpetuity. If it's written on the plaster, then it could get lost. So therefore, Hashem gave a, 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 a additional understanding to the nations of that time, they sent their scribes, said they peeled off the plaster, and they were able to then copy over uh, the, the 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 writing on the stone and bring it back to their own nations. And it's because of this particular thing that that generation of Umas Olam were uh, punished and were given uh, one way tickets to Gehenna. Why? Because they were given now and a way to reprieve themselves. They were given easy access to the Torah and still what? They didn't, they didn't follow, they didn't study at least the things that they were supposed to. they should have learned the appropriate things to do, and they did not learn. And that's why they were punished. Now, that's according to Behuda. It's so according to Yehuda, It was written on the stone. Stone was covered with plaster, but they were able to understand to peel the plaster off, copy it down put their scribes and bring it back to their homes. Rav Shimon Omer al Sid Kisfur It was actually written dire- uh, not on the stones directly. The plaster was put onto the stone and it was written directly onto the, it was written onto the plaster. V'chos v'alahen Lamato. and at the bottom of all of the translation of the Torah the following posuk appeared. What did it say at the bottom? It says, Lamana asher lo yulmidu Bazak elu, uh, says that when you get into Eretz you are going to destroy and uh, and 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 wipe out all remnants of the seven nations of Canaanim that remain, in order that you don't learn from them. You cannot coexist. Their behaviors are so poor, so bad that you cannot coexist with them. And if you stay and leave them alive, what's going to happen? You are going to become enticed and follow their ways, and then you will end up being destroyed by Hashem, your God. That's pasuk was written after it was all translated, right? That should not learn from them. So now, what do we see from this? So we have over here. This is the way Rashi explains it. At least in the one shot, in Rashi, Rashi explains like this: is that according to he says, there's another machloak that's going on here that we know that the Jews were instructed to wipe out any nation of the seven nations that remained. Actually, Yeshua sent them uh, letters. And basically it said over here, it's like, you know, we're giving you the chance. You know, the Israelis dropped down the thing before they bombed the place. They were giving the chance. Leave before we come, because otherwise we're going to be destroyed. So some, we see, left. Others did not. And whoever remained got destroyed. Now, what happens if someone left and then wants to come back. So, Rab so Yehuda right? learns, he says, doesn't matter. These seven nations, if they step foot in the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, you are required to wipe them out. Rab Shimon disagrees. He says that the post there at the end says, is that if you, in order that you should not learn from their bad behavior, but if they want to come back and they are wanting, willing to make the the um, Zion Mitzvah, become Ger Toshav, then you can accept them back. That's what he learned. Because it says you only can't have them here to get them out, everyone agrees you have to get them out. But if afterwards they want to come back, but they're willing to come back and abide, abide so they will not negatively influence you, According to Rabbi Shimon, you can take them back. That if they these you know, these nations would do tshuva and and come back, we would accept them. That, that's according to Rabbi Shimon. here it says no way. Rabbi Shimon says yes. I'm a My time, What's the reason? It says that the uh, what's the reason that he learns that you write, that was written on top of the uh, plaster. So he says that he, uh, even though he gave the reason why it shouldn't be on the stone if it's covered, but why learn it should be on the on the on the plaster? Why? Because it says that the nations of the world will be destroyed like the burning of the plaster. In order for plaster to be made, the lime, the positive lime, you have to put it in fire. So they're going to become like the lime that gets burnt up in fire. That the, the plaster. That's how the nations of the world are going to be. Al iske sid because and he learns that it means what it's telling you is that it's because of the plaster. That the nations deserve destruction because of the Torah that was written on the plaster that they did not. They had there was there was a window of opportunity. They could have done tshuva. They could have come back. They did not do that. Therefore, they are destroyed. Rabbi Yehuda says that no, because he, he learns you don't have an option to come back. The nation doesn't have an option to come back. And in fact, the Torah wasn't even written on the plaster. So what it means, they are compared to the destruction of the plaster. Kisid. Masid. The only way that you can prepare the plaster is by burning it up completely. Avosam. Akusim. So to those uh, Gentiles of that generation, Eilatakona would not have have Any uh, way of uh, correcting themselves, the only option is strafa is being burned because he learns they cannot come back even if they decide to do true, we don't accept them back. Keman has According to which opinion does the following go? This is not about the Yafas Toar. When you go out to, to, to war, so the Jews are given a, uh, uh, a, a, a pass, what do they call that? Mean, uh, For one time. At one time pass, right? Is that if they, because the nations used to fight with them, they used to bring their women and dress them up to try and get them to uh, take their eye off the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Not focus on the thing. And the uh, Eight horror would be so great, so uh, therefore, uh, what's well, that uh, So uh, therefore, Dibra Torah uh, connected Eight So it says, but uh, Shivyo, it says that, and you will take into capture. Capture a captain. It's a double lotion. It says, even if the women that you encounter are Knanim, that you're supposed to destroy, but they're living in Chuzar, you can bring them back and take these women back into a stronghold. Right? Whose opinion? Shim shuvah, that if they accept Zionism they know of, or they, they, they accept from changing their way, the Kabbalism, you can accept them back. Come on. That's going like Reb Shimon. Because according to Rab Yehuda, you couldn't take, you had to destroy them if they want to come back. Here you say you can bring them back. If they do Chuvah, that's going like the Shish, Shimon. General, we will stop over here.